Hello and welcome to the very last, last Red Robin pre-season mini-pod of the current run. We are, of course, powered by Budget Ties Auto Centre and 360 Chartered Accountants. And I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by former St. Helens star and current witness Vikings man, Kyle Amor. Kyle, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm very good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Uh, looking forward to a bit of rugby league chat over the, over the next sort of couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think it'll be more than a couple of minutes, Carl, because there's absolutely tons to go through, isn't there? I was just, <laughs> I was just being there. Uh, I saw you was at the the Channel 4, I think, was it the media yeah. day yesterday? You've got, obviously, yeah. championship season started up. We've got sent, uh, Super League on the horizon. We've got St. Helens in the World Club Challenge. It's, it's um, you know what I think rugby league sometimes does itself in? You know, we're a bit negative about what's going on. But for me, it's, it's excitement. I'm really... Uh, hotly anticipating the new season and probably on the back of the World Cup as well. I, I, I absolutely love the World Cup. Yeah. I love what we're doing with the women's game, the, the PDRL stuff, the, the wheelchair game. And for me, I think the men's game is still a fantastic product. What, what about you, Cal? Are you, are you looking forward to the, the new Super League season? Yeah, for sure. Look, I'm a huge, huge fan of the game. Uh, you know, I think it's I think it's going to be a very exciting season once again. I think the whole, uh, you, you know, IMG just sort of, although fans haven't really seen what they are bringing to the to the table, uh, it's very evident early on that there is things happening behind the scenes, and and it can only be a good thing for all the stakeholders in the game, whether you're a player. Uh, a fan or, you, you know, anyone associated and linked with the clubs, it can only be a good thing moving forward because ultimately we all want the game, John, or to be, to be where we all believe it should be. You know, we're very much, uh, it, as fans of the game, we believe that is is the best sport in the country. But, uh, you know, we've got a long way to go to convince, you know, the wider sort of British public that that is the case. Uh, you know, you look at what the sport does in the NRL and, you know, the sort of status and, you know, the media exposure that those guys get, you know, that's only sort of a distant dream for our crop of players uh, and our clubs over here. Uh, we want to make sure that, you know, down the line that clubs are, uh, are businesses that are growing, that are sort of, you know, being able to generate enough income to take the game to where it needs to be. Uh, and in order to do that, we need everybody involved, whether it be, Again, the fans, sponsors, uh, and ultimately the players as well to keep producing the product that that, that we can uh, deliver and bring to a wider audience on the field, mate. Yeah, and I mean, probably a little bit off topic, but we seem to be one of the few sports or, or supporters of, of, of sports where we end up talking about off-field stuff, governance, the running of the game, more than we do actually about the product on the pitch. And, and for me, that is the selling point, and I think that's where Channel 4 have done a, a fantastic job in actually concentrating on what's happening on the pitch and, and, yes. and showing that product. And and for me, that's what I just love to concentrate more on, that what yes. is happening on the pitch. Because I think if you if you sold that to people who were non-rugby league believers who were, who were maybe tuning into the game for the first time, that's what's the important bit. Not necessarily all the IMG stuff, not about how the game's being run, not about disciplinary issues. It's the product which is the most important thing. 
Yeah, for sure. Look, but you know, I, I do agree with you. But obviously, you know, the, the the game itself probably needs moving forward a little bit. Uh, what that looks like, mate, I don't exactly know. <laughs> but we can't carry on the way that we've been carrying on. We seem to go round and round in these sorts of circles, don't we? We seem to, you know, uh, go right. This is the year that's going to be bigger and better. And 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 look, like you're dead right. You know, ultimately, it should be the players that are celebrated. Uh, you know, but however, given the, the the current world that we live in and everything in this sort of social media generation, there is ways and means to promote the sport, uh, and that's obviously what IMG are going to do. They, you know, they've got people in that team that that pretty much know how to, you know, turn sports around. They've done it with UFC and and the, and they're hoping to sort of do it with, with with Super League as well. So I think we have to embrace it, but. You know the classic, uh, the classic fan within our game will always look for pitfalls and negativity. Uh, <laughs> you know to bring it down. That's just how we are. You know we're our own biggest enemy in many ways. But yeah. look for me. You know very nice to hear that you say uh, appreciative of the work that that all the team do at Channel Four. Um, mm. For myself, you know I just want to. I just want to talk the players up, you know, for for the recognition that they deserve me, and you know, without over the top doing it, I want to make sure that you know I've got children myself, and my little boy's eleven year old, and you know, I want him to, you know, if Tommy Makinson scores a spectacular try in the corner, I want him for that ten seconds to think that that's the best thing that he's ever seen, you know, and and and. I I think it's important that that we that we recognise and celebrate players for what they actually do. You know, look, I was very fortunate enough to be in full time for you know fifteen so years, and and you know I had a very successful career as well. So um, for me, it's so important that we look for ways to inspire the next generation, uh, make them want to participate in the great game of rugby league, and and you know if we can do that by Given these sorts of players any kind of little profile that they can have, whether it be on Sky or terrestrial TV, John, I think it's I think it's a huge shot in the arm for the game. Yeah, definitely, and you are going to be part of the the comms team on Saturday for our season yeah. opener. But let's just talk about you, Kyle. It's your, your testimonial year. I mean, you've got some some fantastic events lined up. Uh, Cumbria versus Wales is obviously the headline, yeah. I suppose, for you. It's it's an amazing event, but. When you look back on your career, did you ever think you'd probably get to this point? Because it's you're playing a position which is a which is brutal enough. Uh, so the longevity in the game, are you yeah. are you surprised to see where you are now, or, or you just take each season as it comes? Oh mate, hundred percent. You know, look, <laughs> uh, I worked in a. I left. I left high school and went and went straight into a factory job and done five years in there uh, before I even started playing. Uh, you know, part time rugby in my hometown, Whitehaven. And to be honest, mate, when I signed there, that was just a case of, you know, I'd been doing all my, you know, my barla tours uh, with my local amateur club, Hensingham, and, uh, and and I was enjoying doing that. Went to go to, uh, like, France and Russia, and we was penciled in to go to Fiji, Samoa and Tonga with the Barla boys. And then uh, I had a couple of clubs, Whitehaven and Workington, uh you know, wanting my wanting my signature really, and and in the end, I just thought, you know what, I might as well give it a crack. Uh, I actually, I'll be brutally honest, I just seen it as a way of uh, of still playing the game that I love, but you know, also you know, getting a little wage out of it. To be fair, um, you know, I did. My daughter was 
uh, only a couple of months old. And I just thought, well, look, you know, I might, I might as well just bring in a little bit of extra income for the family and never thought in a million years that, you know, four or five months later, uh, I'd get a contract from, from Leeds Rhinos. So uh, really, mate, it was it was a whirlwind sort of year. Uh, and, and, and the kind of rest is history with myself for that. Yeah, I suppose that route's maybe been closed down a bit now, hasn't it? I mean, we've seen the importance of academies and the players being yeah. signed up. Uh, so, Young, do you, do you think that that opportunity has been closed down? I mean, I know Rovers have obviously we've picked up some players from the Championship, for instance, who have mm-hmm. um, who've gone on to do really well, and obviously Ritson at at St Helens now. You yeah. know, another player yeah. has come through. But I hope that pathway is unclosed because I still think there's players who are in the amateur game who who are probably good enough to at least. Uh, warrant a crack at at Super League Championship level rugby. I think I just hope that route isn't closed down. Yeah, look, I think I think you're seeing a lot more people, uh, a lot more clubs, like you mentioned there. You know, uh, Frankie Holton springs to mind. What a find mm. he was for you guys last year. Uh, you know, there's so many, isn't there? You got Chris Atkin, Alex Wormsley, Chris Hill. Mm. Uh, you, you know, the, 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 there's probably a, obviously a load more as well there, but I think the championships a real good breeding ground. I think if I was a if I was in charge of a of a young 16, 17, 18 year old, I'd be looking to play these lads against men. I think you get that. I think you get more out of that than perhaps in an academy level. Um, I think you're real, especially your forwards. I think it's a good idea to send young front rowers out into the championship, not only just to not only just to play against men, though, but just to see how little these players actually have access to in terms of resources and in terms of almost giving them a grounding. Because sometimes when you go to the top flight of Super League, everything's done for you. You know, everything's catered and looked after and you can almost fall into that, you know. that. But it's not all like that, you know. it's uh, A lot of it is played by honest honest men and I'm not saying these you know lads at the top clubs are honest men you know they are in the position they are because they're very good at what they do you know there's there's no there's no doubt about that but I just feel that, that there's a lot more that you know we can learn by having a little stint in the championship it's certainly done me the world a favour you know my again I've come from a, a sort of working background straight out of school into the factory playing part-time rugby so I like to think that that those sorts of things taught me a lot of skills that are, uh, you know, that are important in life. You know, like just being able to, you know, just being able to have conversations with people and stuff like that. Because uh, I think it's important, really, that, that that you never get too carried away when you play this game and 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 realise that you know that you're only sort of a couple of years away from being back in the sort of real world, if you like. And I think it's important to understand that. Understand that what how lucky you are to play elite level rugby for a job. Yeah. And you only have to look at, I suppose, our own Zach Fishwick. He was propelled into the first team rapidly yep. last season. I mean, probably by accident with our horrendous injury record. You know, it was it was almost a case of is he any fit forwards left in the in the, in the squad to, yeah. to play? But that is only going to benefit him going forward because it's given that taste of first team rugby, that first team environment. Um so that opportunity, yeah, it might come by accident, but he's only going to benefit benefit from it going forward. Yeah, sure. I think was it the was it Magic Weekend his, his first game? Yeah, 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 yeah I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there was quite a number of young kids there that day, wasn't yeah. it? And it's great yeah. to see. You know, I think unless you're, you know, unless you're an absolute diehard of one club, 
you know, it's it's again. I'll go back to what I say. Me being about being a bit of a nerd about the game. I love nothing more than me seeing a young kid that we've never heard of playing on Sky or whatever, and 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 and, and wishing him well and see how he goes. I think, like I say, unless you're a robot, you you want to see these young next generation of kids just tearing in, and 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 there's almost a. Uh, there's almost something nice about it, isn't there? That mm. these kids are at that point in their career, it's everything they've ever wanted, isn't it, John? Or do you know what I mean? And yeah. they and they just get to they just get to go out there, and you, you can just sense how and you know how proud they are and how proud the family are. And I think it's I, I think it's great. You know, the more we can see these the, the young kids getting a shot, the better, really, because uh, you know I, I think I read an article on Andy Lynch that wrote that. Uh, you know, we need to stop bringing perhaps these 33, 34-year-old Aussies over and start giving these young kids a good crack. And I thought about it and I thought, you know what, he, he, he's right there. You know, he's, you know, let's let's try and grow our game rather than sort of, you know, having it as a bit of a retirement ground for perhaps one or two other Australians. Yeah, 100%. And Carl, you've decided to go go around again one, another season, witness Vikings yeah. out pre-season going. And, and what are your hopes for, for the season ahead? Oh look, well, to be honest, mate, I, I, I kind of, I kind of struggled a little bit, <clears throat> you know, coming from full time to part time. Um, <clears throat> it sort of, uh, you know, I, I thought that given my experiences and the things that I had going off the field, that finishing full time would have been, you know, quite a smooth transition. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I certainly found it a little bit difficult. Uh, not a cry for help by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not going to go down that road. But you know, I did find it. I did find it a uh, a challenge. Uh, it took me till about Christmas to sort of fully embrace and realise what what I was doing, where I was at, what I wanted out of it. Because I was all set for retiring, you know, at the end of last season. Uh, I got to play Cumbria v Jamaica. Yeah. Uh, went back up there with the Cumbrian boys and absolutely loved it. You know, every time we get together, it's always great. You know, the lads. We ripped in. We tried. You know what I mean. We are a patched up team. Uh, it was thrown together inside of three weeks. We only had a training session together and then rolled out on a on a wet Friday night at Derwood Park and got the job done. So I actually thought to myself, no, actually, I, I, I've enjoyed, I enjoy this still. So, you know, obviously done the, done the pre-season over at, over at Widnes. Um, and then really from Christmas time onwards, I've just sort of, I've just got to enjoy it. You know, I, I, I recognise that, that coming from full time, you know, if you have a bad training session, it hurts, you know, if you have a bad game, it hurts even more. If you, you know, you're constantly thinking about the game going off again. You're constantly thinking about um, about the game. And I think a part-time, I question, because it's not their main job, you know, it is, yeah. it is in essence, it's, look, it, it's more than a bit of fun, of course it is. Uh, but I question whether... You know that intensity that I had for so long, in especially in and around the group I was in, almost isn't there. But 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 isn't there for the right reasons as well? Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it shouldn't be as full on because it is part time, and it took me a while to to accept that, John. Or really, so you know, for us, what we've spoken about, what we want to do is the club hasn't been uh, hasn't been in the playoffs since it's been relegated back in 2018. So. Uh, you, you know, our goal this year is to is to get in that top six. Uh, you know, we're not going to get carried away. I told the group, uh, you know, only a few weeks ago that that from an out, outsider looking in, 
the group has gets carried away quite a bit. You know, for, you, you, they started last year with five wins and the things that the players were putting out, the things that the club was putting out, it didn't help them. Do you know what I mean? They, they, they have to be remain humble all the time when you win and, uh, you know, so we're not going to get carried away. Our goal is the top six uh, and that's all we'll look to do. Once that's hopefully solidified, then we can reassess and go again and see where we are. But, you know, we don't have any right to rock up into the championship. It's a bloody tough competition. Mm. You know, I've had two games into it. Uh, and I can already recognise that each game is a dogfight. It's a bit like the football, really. You know, from the Premier League into the championship, it's so hard to predict. Mm. Uh, you know, it is a dogfight every week. And, and that part of it, I'm enjoying. Um, but we don't have any right to just rock up and expect to win. Uh, we have to work very hard. And the moment we don't work hard, well, we'll end up with a we'll end up with a fat loss next to our name. So, as long as we can all understand that and buy into it, I think we'll be okay. Yeah, and it is a long, long old season, isn't it? And um, you say the championship so competitive. And do you know what I think? Super League this season is probably going to be one of the most competitive we've seen yeah. for a very long time. I think. I mean, you've probably got Saints, Wigan, top two maybe. You, you go down mm. to the bottom, Wakefield, Lee maybe the bottom two, but in between them. I think every team will think they've got a chance at the playoffs. And I I don't think it's been like this for a number of years where genuinely all them teams think that they they either must finish in the playoffs or should finish in the playoffs or want to finish in the playoffs. It's, it's going to be really interesting to see how it pans out this season. It certainly is. You know, I do agree with you, Jono. I think Wigan are hunting down Saints. I think, you know, they remind me of where the Saints club were at back in 2018. Uh, they got so close to, to big games. Uh, they'd had success in the past and, and they'd fell short. They've got their hands on the Challenge Cup under Matty Pete's first season. Uh, what a season he had in terms of guiding that club to that to that trophy. But, uh, you know, they, 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 all, they almost embarrassingly, embarrassingly fell out of, uh, out of the playoffs, getting beat by Leeds. Everybody thought that Wigan were nailed on for that. And yeah. credit to Leeds. Can they replicate that form from last year towards the back end and you know who'd have thought that they would have been anywhere near the grand final uh two or three months into the season uh you know there's Salford are they able to replicate that form you know Brody Croft with an eight-year deal are they able to sort of build that that team that dynasty that Ian Blees has spoke about around them you know you mentioned Lee being in the bottom two John I'm going to disagree I think Lee I think Lee are mm. going to be okay I think I think uh, you know, I, I see them finishing around ninth. If I'm totally honest, I do agree with you though. Uh, if I had to put my yardstick in the ground, I think Wakefield are in trouble. Um, you know, so yeah, there's lots and lots. Huddersfield as well. We can't look past them. What a squad they have on paper this year. Um, you know, Catalan, they are always very difficult, aren't they? You know, uh, again, what what kind of Catalan team turn up? Are they able to stay with it all year? You know, they do tend to have a dip. You're dead right, John. You know, how, how the bloody hell do you call it? I don't know. I think you could almost make a case for every single team to go, well, yeah, yeah. you know, based on recruitment, based on what they've done in previous seasons, that, you know, they all should be in the playoffs, but the playoff is only six teams. So, you know, and yeah. you've already mentioned if, if Lee finished ninth, that means that there's probably going to be a couple of teams struggling uh, who've not had a great season. Um, but yeah. I think with Lee's recruitment, I think they've recruited quite smart. They've got some really experienced players and they, I think they'll be a team that on their day would be able probably to pit most teams in Super League. It's yeah. just whether they can do it week in, week out, uh, which is the challenge for them. 
Absolutely. You know, I think you look at Lee and you look at the players that they've picked up. Uh, one thing that Lee's had a problem with over the last few years, and it tends to be, you know, because they have less time to plan for recruitment. You know, when a team gets promoted, they're almost, their shopping list, most of it's gone, isn't it? Because yeah. lads have already signed contracts in the summer. You can't sign as a full-time player for a championship club off the off chance that they get beaten in a grand final. So it does make it very difficult for Beaumont to do that. But I think given that where they were last year, given that the fact that they've 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 had a little bit more time, they've, they've almost been super confident that, that that squad was a Super League squad in the championship. The results tell you that. But they've had a little bit more time now to bring some people in like Jack Hughes with good leadership. My question and my only concern with Lee is, is that that group is going to, at times, it's going to need man-managed. And, a, a, you know, a half laugh there because, you know, there's some characters, let's say that, within mm. that squad. And, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, that that the Adrian Lamb and and everybody else can, can keep a lid on on them at times when uh, when things are going well and and uh, yeah for me the biggest the, the biggest concern for Lee is that man management are they able to sort of do, do that week in week out in the Super League it's very different to the Championship it's almost a different game completely uh, you know within within rugby league you know the Super League to the Championship two very contrasting styles uh, but yeah so but going back to Lee again I do think that they've got. A, a very decent squad. You know, I, I love Edwin Apape. I think he's been outstanding. What a find he's been as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I do, I do see them. I do see them starting the season relatively well and, and, and picking up some, you know, you, you imagine against Wakefields and, and, and you sort of, you, your bottom four, they become four point games almost, don't they? You know, uh, each and every one of them really. So it'll be interesting, mate. I'm really, really looking forward to it all. Yeah, and of course, uh, Rovers v Wigan is the biggest game on Saturday. But the curtain yeah. raiser for that is the Well Club Challenge, <laughs> a game that I mean, you must have you'd, you'd have been chomping at the bit to play in. Um, these are probably the kind of events that when we talk about IMG etc., that these are what sell the game to people. You know, not Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere etc. Do you think Saints have got enough in them to get the result? I mean the. I suppose for Penrith, St. Helens are at different stages of the season. It's still pre-season for Penrith, but no doubt one that once them players get over the whitewash, it it's a full-on game. There's there's no no uh, quarter given. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, Saints they had a friendly against Witness. If you look at that squad, there was probably half of the team missing. All the England internationals plus James Roby wasn't there. Uh, you know, so for them, their only first game was last week. So I don't necessarily buy into. You know, or Pen some of the Penrith lads had a run out, not all of them. Uh, all the big names, well, a lot of the big names I've just seen this morning when the squads are announced back. The weather's going to be a massive one, 40 degree heat. By all, I think the kickoff's being pushed back 50 yeah. minutes now to a, to a 10 to 7 uh, kickoff time over there, uh, which obviously will be, you know, 10 to 7. I'll be. I'll be at uh, I'll be at Craven Park with the Channel Four team bringing that game to you all as well before the Hull KR Wigan game. Uh, yeah, so look, they've. I. I think it's going to be very difficult. I think it's going to be very difficult for Say Helens to win that game. I do hope that they win the game. Obviously, uh, I think it's going to be very, very difficult given those factors that I've already just said. That you know the heat's going to be a massive issue. Uh, you know, forty degree heat. The lads played over obviously against Saint George in in in, in high in high heat as well. Uh, but. 
I need to knock that off, don't I? Uh, playing in high heat as well. But I, look, I just think it's going to be very difficult. I think Saints will get will make an absolute game of it. I don't believe and buy into some of the Aussie media that's saying that they'll be able to declare at half time. Far mm-hmm. from that, you know. Yeah. I know that that Saints team how proud they are to be in the World Club Challenge, to be over there, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. In fact, it may never happen again, uh, you know, an English side going over there. Um, but look, you know, you've got Penrith, who have dominated for the last two years. You've got Saints, who have dominated for the last four years. You know, it's it, it's going to be a huge game. And, and I just, you know, I hope that they can get it done. Uh, but I am expecting, I am expecting a, a close contest either way. Yeah, we shall see. It's definitely a game to look forward to. And, of course, the main game Saturday, like we've already said, Hulkingston Rovers v Wigan. Uh, yeah. Both really. And um, I think what Rovers have done really well is make, make games into an event. It's more than just the, the, the product on the pitch. It's more than just the, the game. And I, I'm guessing that's probably one of the reasons Channel 4 have, have decided to pick that game for, for their first game of the season. Yeah, look, there's a few stories in there, of course. You know, go back 12 months ago, almost to the day, John. Uh, you know, Wigan won 24 10, didn't they? And oh, Matty Pete's me. first game. Sorry, sorry <laughs> to remind you about that. Uh, Matty Pete's first game in charge. Well, you know, fast forward 12 months to this weekend, it's Willie Peters' first game, first crack, first sniff of Super League. Uh, and first look at his side in a competitive fixture. Uh, you know, one thing that I'm very, very uh, interested in seeing is what style of play will Hull KR do? You know, they so whenever you play against Hull KR, the atmosphere is, a, you, you know, you've got to get you, you've got to get your prep right when you go to Craven Park. It's a very hostile place to go and play. Obviously, that East Dan packing it all out, they do a brilliant job for all the whole KR players are on the referees back calling for everything that they can. Uh, and, and again, you know, you've got the, the old small changing rooms that you've got to, you've got to cope with. You don't have the luxury of space and having your own sort of pre-match routine, all that's out the window. So, uh, you know, will, will they carry on playing this chaotic style or will they be a bit more under a, an Australian coach? Will they be able to adapt to what he wants and play a bit more, uh, a bit more maybe conservative, high completion, stuff like that. I think the beauty of OKR is they were one of the very best at creating chaos and, and panic whenever you played against them, the style they played uh, over the last few seasons. So, you know, which it'll be interesting to see how they play. But going back to your point, John, I think what the what the club have done off the field has been great. I love that bit at the bottom end. Yeah, uh, you know, it almost has an Aussie feel about it, doesn't it? It's just a shame that you know it's not it's not forty degrees in Penrith and it's nine degrees in in uh, in Hull, you know. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> but what they look, you've got to applaud people for when they when they come up with inventive ways of, of giving fans experience, and I think that's the next part of potentially the game that we need to we need to bring back, you know, not go into the heights of bull mania or anything like that, but we need to provide fans, kids you know, everyone who comes with not just the game, but the experience, the day out, you know, and I think Hull KR are one of the, you know, one of the pioneering clubs at, at, at looking at that and, and trying to deliver it for, you know, for that fan engagement to make sure that people come back. Yeah, and it is Willie Peters' first uh, competitive game uh, for the Red and Whites. What have you made of the recruitment as well? Uh, Jesse Sue, Reese Kennedy, Tom Opperty, yeah. James Bachelor from Wakefield, UC Fiden. You know, we, we've picked up some decent players and I think there's a little bit of expectation around the club now that these players who've come in seem to be 
players who are well, we, we mentioned, didn't we, about um, over the hill Aussies coming over? These definitely are at that player. No, and that's you know, I remember we signed uh, Sione Mataltia, sort of that 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 style of the uh, of player, sort of you know mid career. Uh, you know, really, really wanting to, really wanting to come, buy into the experience, have a crack, and ultimately, you know, because they've still got plenty of years ahead, you never know. They might love it, stay here. If not, they can have an opportunity to go back. So it's not just a case of oh, they're coming over for you know a bit of a swan song. They're coming over to improve Hull KR, and that's what the exciting thing is, and that's what the you know the Hull KR faithful should get excited about. I, I, you know, I look through their. I looked through the the, the the six players that they brought in uh, and I looked at the players that you let go. And if you look at that list, you know, to a man, you say that old KR certainly improved. You know, they finished they finished the they finished eighth last year, didn't they? Sixth back in twenty twenty one. So, you know, instead of dropping two places, I think old KR can be one of those clubs that perhaps is looking to jump up two or more places this season. Always is there always is a transition. There always is a buy-in from players under a new coach. So I hope that the whole KR fans do appreciate that that takes a little bit of time. Obviously, as fans, we're not very patient, are we? Uh, so I'm not saying that that whole KR are going to get off to a bad start. I just feel that the, the, the style of play, they're going... A lot of that group are used to sort of playing ad, uh, ad-lib, you know, off-the-cuff footy. Are they be able to? Are they able to sort of adapt and and put that into practice under Peters? You know, you saw the tries against Leeds in the in the preseason trial, and surely that excites everybody there. However, a trial's a trial. You know, it's not it's not the it's not the same, and we'd be fools to to judge a season off them. Uh, but I certainly think the players they brought in, you know, the stuff that's going off the field. Uh, it certainly uh, makes it an exciting year for everyone at Hull KR. Very, very difficult task though in round one. Yeah, and it's um, I, I caught with Paul Cook yesterday, and I posed him the question: Is I mean, this is the most expensive Hulkington Rovers side ever assembled. You know, we're, we're at cap almost, or or if not at cap, our backroom staff yeah. is probably the most experienced it's ever been. Danny Maguire, Brett Delaney, Dave Hodgson, of course, Willie Peters. Um, and I just, I just wonder if Willie Peters is under a little bit of pressure to deliver in this first season because we're in a game now where there is no, there is no breathing space. You, you, you're, you're either there or you're not. And and, that, and unfortunately for a club like Ulkington Rovers, I don't think we can afford not to be there. And I, and I just wonder if, I mean, obviously pressure manifests itself in lots of different ways, but I wonder if there the, 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 just be a bit more expectation about Rovers, especially with the, the recruitment, etc., this season. Yeah, obviously. Look, you know, you're saying there that the caps—it's the most expensive team ever assembled. Well, ultimately, it kind of does have to deliver on something. Mm. And it, it, what the expectation is of all KR fans? Well, I'm sure there'll be a wide range in that. Uh, you know, but I go back to what I say there: an eighth place finish last year. So you, you are you are an improvement or a uh, a return on that has to be a playoff finish, doesn't it? Really, you know. Yeah. It, in all honesty, uh, you know, so yeah, you know, they've got they've got a lot of experienced backroom staff, like you mentioned there. Their experience and guidance will only help them so far. It's ultimately down to the players. Uh, and and again, you know, you when you were mentioning the expectation, I've never, I obviously didn't get to play at Hull FC or Hull KR 
for them clubs as a player, but there isn't there always an expectation or a pressure in that rugby mad city. So uh, you know, it's uh, it's good, you know, it's good that you, they've spent the cap, like you say, it puts them on a on a level playing field then with the nearest and dearest rivals, Hull FC, who of course have been, you know they, they as a sort of player now slash pundit, if you like, they scratch your head, you know, they leave me scratching my head because every year you look at all I've seen, you think, right, this, here we go. Now we're going to see a team that's going to be, a, and they just, they, they, you know, they, they just fail, don't they? Yeah. Um, Long may that continue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, look, I think, you know, I think having two very good competitive Hull and Hull KR uh, teams is great for Super League. It is absolutely great. And if you can get those teams both, you know, in the playoffs, scrapping for it, when you talk about IMG and selling the game, that is a great way to sell the game. You know, wherever those teams are, whatever position, always, uh, it's always great to tune in and watch the the whole derby, isn't it? It's, it, it's brilliant. So, uh, yeah, look, it'll be, it'll be very interesting for the reasons that you've already said. Yeah, and um, I mean, we've mentioned about new recruits, but I'll tell you a couple of players that I'm really looking forward to, uh, a couple of the old-timers, I suppose. Ryan Hall, Sean Kenny-Dowell, um, Kane Lynette compliments that left edge, combined age of over 100 of them three players, but there don't seem to be any sign whatsoever of them, of them giving up or, or slowing down. And Kenny Dowell even saying this week that's the fittest he's ever felt. Um, although he's you know at the back end of his career, and, and they're the players that I'm really looking forward to seeing because that left edge has been so prominent for the Robins over the last couple of years. Yeah, no, massively agree. Lachlan Coote out the back of that as well, mm. another another thirty plus. The old mate Cootie. Uh, look, I'm gonna say, and this might be a ridiculous statement to some, I think Sean Kenny Dowell has been one of the best overseas recruits in about ten years. You know, across mm. Super League, I really do. I think what he's been able to do in that side, what a player he is. You know, playing yeah. against him is an absolute handful. When you when you're actually playing, he doesn't shut up, barking orders at his team, <laughs> shouting. He's a proper leader. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I, I you know I, I know there's been loads of really good players playing in top sides, but I'm I'm talking about the impact of a player that can have on a group of men in and around him. And I think you know with Sean Kenny Dowell, with Kane Lynette, with Ryan Hall, who seems to reinvented himself again uh, over the last two seasons. Uh, you know, he's obviously when he came back from Australia, signed at Old KR. There was probably a few Old KR fans thinking, "Why are we signing this thirty-year-old, thirty-plus mm. winger?" Uh, mm. But boy, he's returned in bucket loads, hasn't he, for you? So, you know, I think sometimes, and I'm not just saying this as an older head. Sometimes you just can't buy experience, can you? You need that. You, you need that. Uh, you need those groups of of players who just know sort of what it takes, how to get the job done, and and ultimately pass on those sort of, you know, traits of what training needs to look like. And that's a massive one that probably fans don't realise, that, that training has to look a certain way uh, in order for you. You can't just turn it on on the weekend. It has to, it has to look and feel a certain way all week uh, to give you the best crack at it. And, and leaders in the group drive standards, drive behaviours. Uh, and, and so, therefore... You know, are absolutely massive, and I don't know the bloke. Uh, I don't know Kenny Dowell at all. Uh, but from my impression and watching him and how he plays the game, and you know, I just think he's a real, real top quality, top quality centre, a top quality signing for Hull. Okay, yeah, 
Yeah, he has. And it's not just what he's done on the pitch, it's his, his overall leadership at the club. You know, as supporters, yeah. he's someone who we can really invest in. You know, when he speaks, mm -hmm. we listen because he's, he's not... Yeah. Um, he, he, he's someone who, who um, talks so passionately and confidently about the club, about um, how much he enjoys his time here. And, and you see that in his day-to-day -day stuff and you see how that affects other players. And if you look at, if he's one end of the spectrum, you go to the other and you've got a young kid like Mikey Lewis. I think, was he down at Channel 4 yesterday? I mean, he's he was. he's been primed for being, you know, one of the stars of the game. Um, and he, again, he's another one who, who's... I'm really looking forward to seeing because each year he gets older, he, he's adding more and more to his game. Yeah, he certainly is, and uh, you know, as long as as long as the, everyone can keep Mikey Lewis happy at the club, then well, OKR okay, have got a really good player on their hands for the next few years. Obviously, you know. Um, the more and more he starts playing, the more and more, sorry, not starts playing, the more and more he continues to deliver on the field, the more and more interest going to circle in and around Mikey Lewis. You know, you have to recognise that, that, uh, that, 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 you know, British halfbacks are at absolute premium now, really, aren't they? And, and uh, I'm not saying that OKR is going to uh, end up having to sell Mikey Lewis, but he's, he's one of those players that if you're wanting to, uh, build a club and build success, then you have to invest in them. You know, St. Helens have done it with Lewis Dodge, Jack Wellsby. Mm -hmm. You have to invest in these in these young lads that that are the future of the club. And uh, yeah, but again, another terrific season Mikey Lewis had last year. Uh, you know, hopefully he can remain fully fit this year as well. He had a couple of little a little injuries, didn't he, last year? And yeah. uh, but I just think in terms of you know, in terms of that sort of spine with Parcel, uh, Jez Litton, another uh, another young lad as well there, uh, Lachlan Coote out the back of all that. There's a lot of good things, isn't there, Olke? Yeah. If you actually think about it, there's a lot of right lads at the right age experience-wise who have been there, done it, won trophies on both sides of the world. Uh, and then you've got these exciting, young, British, hungry lads as well. So it creates, uh, it does create a good recipe for success. Uh, you know whether whether they're able to sort of, you know, one thing playing against whole KR, you always thought is is that 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 they played the chaotic, expansive, tricky way, because they weren't the best at staying in tough periods of the game for long mm -hmm. longer periods of time, and you know under a new coach like Willie Peters, can he bring that sort of defensive steel? Uh, that I think that OKR probably lacked at times. You know, of course they would, they would play, they would play a way that 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 would that would put you on the back foot, and at times it worked, and they'd get some really good wins. But the question that I always had when playing OKR, or what we, you know, at Saints always thought was, if you take this game to them over and over and over again, you will break them. Do you know what I mean? And and it could have took half an hour, it could have took 70 minutes, but we would have got them in the end. And, you know, ultimately, I think that's where Willie Peters, you know, coming in, he has to, he has to, you know, stiffen up whole KR's defence. And if he does that, the likes of Parcel, Coot, Kenny Dowell, you know, uh, Mikey Lewis, well, boy, they can attack, you know, but if you, there's two sides of the game, isn't they? Uh, and I think that that's whole KR's biggest improvement is certainly defensively. Yeah, and that defence is going to be severely tested on Saturday. What are you expecting from, from Wigan on Saturday? I'm expecting a very, very, very fit, high, energetic start. That's what I'm expecting. Uh, you know, I'm expecting Wigan to be hurting, stinging, 
talking about how they failed last year, wanting to attack this season, questioning whether Saints can do it again. Not only questioning it, expecting them to go and take it. I'm expecting them to be wanting to say, we're going to go and take this from Saints, whether they do that or not. Well, there's 30-odd players in a red V will decide that, but uh, I'm expecting them to come flying out the blocks. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just expecting a, a hungry, hurt side. Uh, so, it's up to sort of Hull KR to contain it, but not not, not only but not be in fear of that, you know, embrace it. Embrace it and think that they're at home. Let's give it back to Wigan and let's let, let's play our way and, de- and, and decide our own season, not just because Wigan have fell out of a, of a playoff last year in a semi-final, they'll be thinking, so what? You know, it's about it's about OKR and how they start. So I'm expecting a really, I'm expecting a really fast opening sort of 20, 25 minutes. I'm expecting a, a, a good physical game. I like the, I like the front rower. Uh, I like the young front rowers at Wigan in Havard and, and, uh, and Liam Byrne. I think he's going to be, you know, one of the next sort of big names for, for a few seasons. I like the way he plays the game and, uh, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be a, a brilliant game that we can't wait to bring you from Channel Four. It'll be fantastic. Yeah, and I think when you look at both sides, there's there's matchups and battles across the whole the whole lineup. What what we're all looking forward to seeing. Um, for you, though, Kyle, what your preparation for commentary? Just give us a bit of an insight into to when your prep starts and how you get yourself ready for the game, ready for for calling it. Yeah, well, I probably I, I normally probably start really thinking about it sort of th- Wednesday, Thursday, really, uh, and then just start on all my notes. There, really, a lot of people uh, think it's just a case of just turning up and cracking on with it, but uh, there's a, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Uh, sometimes, there's probably you know, I probably maybe do a little bit too much, but I just like as a player, I always like to make sure that I'm prepared for. Ever uh, any sort of situation, and as long as I feel I've I've done my prep, then hopefully, again, as I say that, I've said this a few times that uh, you know it's 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 the players that, that that write the story. We're just the lucky ones that get to say it out loud. So you know, if they do their bit, it makes our job ten times easier. Sometimes I wouldn't even need any of them notes because you just call it as you see it. It's only the games that are you know that are like pulling teeth, which we do get them from time to time where you need to rely on all that sort of prep work that you've done. But, uh, you know, really, really looking forward to it. Um, and also, you know, slightly jealous that, that, that these guys get to get to play at the top level uh, in the sport that I loved for so long. And, uh, yeah. Excellent. And we've already mentioned it is your testimonial, testimonial year, Kyle. You've got a, a giveaway over on your Facebook page, haven't you, for that Rovers fans might be interested in? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So obviously, with the with the Channel Four stuff, we're taking games all. Or, you know, we'll be visiting all the clubs, and and we just decided. Obviously, my testimonial. I fell a year shy of of, of the ten years at, at St Helens. It's an RFL testimonial, so I just thought that you know, what a way to sort of engage with as many different fans throughout the game of rugby league, and you know, something that 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 that. You know, for five pound, they can they can win the, uh, the the home shirt of each sort of ground that we visit. Come and have 
pictures with the uh, with the presenters uh, in the media trucks and uh, and the pundits and the different pundits going to be on each and every game. So you know some legends of the game will probably you know be turning up. We saw last year Paul Sculthorpe, Martin O'Fire. Uh, you know, the names like that, that, you know, that fans perhaps won't have had chance to meet before. So, you know, it's just a little way of obviously raising money for the testimonial, uh, but also as well engaging in something that, that Hull KR, in this case, Hull KR fans, a little experience that they, that they might like to, to be a part of and, uh, and ultimately uh, win, a, win a shirt signed by their heroes of their club. Yeah, and where can people find that, Kyle? Yeah, well, we've just been on our Facebook page, our Facebook testimonial page, uh, across all our social media. They're all sort of linked together. We've got a couple of couple of different guys and myself who who, who run all that, uh, and it'll just be on a PayPal link. So you know, we we the the posts on our Instagram, our Twitter, our uh, our Facebook as well. So if you just head over to those and. And if it's something that you want to participate in and have the chance to have the chance to win, I'll draw it on Friday night. Uh, I'll get in touch with the winner, and you know we'll be down. We'll be nice and early at the ground, considering yeah. we're covering the World Club Challenge game, so they can come down at any point uh, before sort of obviously we start working. So be you know an hour or so before the game, and or even after the game, whatever. We'll we'll get in touch with the winner, and, and they can decide whatever suits them best. Absolutely brilliant, Carl. And it's been a real pleasure speaking to you. You know, every time I speak more about the game on Saturday the season ahead, I get more and more excited. And I'm sure many supporters are like that. And it's been fantastic to get get the insight from you, Carl, and your opinions on on Rovers in 2023 and, and this, in particular Saturday's game. So it is, isn't it? It's really hotting up. Yeah, no, it certainly is again, and 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 everybody will be watching. You know, a lot of people uh, will be tuned in to 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 Channel Four watching Hull KR versus Wigan. The first game last year was the most viewed game, the Leeds and Warrington mm-hmm. game on Channel Four. So hopefully, we can get those sorts of figures again. But you know, I'd just like to. to- <laughs> For, for for having me on today, Jono, and I wish everybody at Hull KR all the very best of luck this season. I hope it's everything that you wanted uh, and a little bit more. And, you know, hopefully we can get some big, big games where, you know, the more and more times we get the TV cameras to Hull KR and, and showcase everything that's good about them. So uh, thanks again and uh, all the best. Yeah, and you'll always receive a warm welcome, Carl. So thank you very much for coming on and, and good luck for the season ahead, not just in the comms, but obviously playing-wise as well. Um, all the very best. This has been the Red Robin pre-season mini-pod powered by Budget Ties Auto Centre and 360 Chartered Accountant. But for now, live, love, laugh and be happy. Uh-oh.